Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Match Day FM podcast. In this episode, we carry on our previews to the new Premier League season with our third set of four teams. I'm Chris Stoltz and I'm joined by Kieran Makin, Tom Whitehead and Ben Wignall to discuss the fortunes of newly promoted Leeds United, the side who just missed out on the top four, Leicester City, the champions Liverpool and runners-up Manchester City. Uh, We've already covered eight so far. So we're going to start with Leeds United, promoted back to the Premier League after over a decade away. One of the big clubs in English football, There's, there's no... Two ways about it. They are historically one of the biggest sides in the country. First of all, gents, how good is it to have them back after such a long absence? We'll, we'll go to you first, Tom, for that comment on that. Um, I think I, I think it's tremendous to have them back. Um, I'd say for anyone who just looks at English football as a whole, you kind of like to feel that Leeds are an intrinsic part of um, the top flight and having been, been so long you kind of just it's going to try and stir some old memories for sure especially when you just watch things like Premier League years and Leeds are a constant feature of that I've spent, spent many a, a rainy afternoon watching Premier League years as well you see all the great memories they've brought to the Premier League era as well as not just the top flight but first 12 years I think it was the Premier League there's plenty of good memories to look back on and hopefully they can bring some more to the table and Ben, you've seen a lot of them over the years um, when they tussled with, with Preston. How good is it to see them back in the Premier League? And do you think they can be a success back in it? Uh, yeah, they certainly took the league by storm last year. Um, I think Bielsa would have liked to have seen them up there at the first attempt. Obviously, it took him two seasons to get them back there. But from a Preston standpoint, we actually got two draws against them last season. So we did we did better than, than most clubs. Um, did but from a neutral standpoint and from Premier League it's it is good to see them back because obviously they were it was about twenty years ago where they were they had that European run into the semi final of the Champions League. They had teams such as with Viduka, Smith, Kewell, it was full of all stars and they're trying to get back to to those ways of already spending quite a bit of money. Um and I think there'll be an expectation because of the size of the club and the fan base that they'll be trying to push for maybe the high mid-table top half in the first season. That might be unrealistic, but it's certainly what they'll be expecting. Well, I'll come to Key to, to sort of build on that a little bit. Um, obviously, they've got Bielsa, one of the most sort of renowned managers in the business. Um, you know, everybody else talks so highly of him. Does that sort of the fact that he's the lead to such a big club, does that put a a bit of pressure on them to not just come up and make up the numbers and survive by the skin of the teeth, but to actually have a good go. Because, you know, we've seen what Sheffield United achieved last season, you know, 
some are saying we're expecting similar, if not a little bit more, from, from Leeds on paper anyway. Firstly, I'll take Ben's two draws and I'll raise a 1 0 win at Ellen Road for Wigan Athletic. Um, <laughs> secondly, two Chris, seasons no, ago, weren't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two seasons on the bounce where we won two on two seasons ago with 10 men, mate, my ad. Oh, yeah, of course. The last season. I mean, they're having the last laugh now, though, aren't they? So, <laughs> I mean, you did you did uh, revel in the, being the party pooper two seasons ago, didn't you? When they um, sort of crumbled a bit towards the end, and you, and you, the you gap, don't, don't, yeah, the gap Tom, you're going to bring it, you're going to bring a tear to my eye, don't? <laughs> the happy days. Um, but Chris, to be honest with you, uh, I feel I feel like they've got all the foundations to be a success. Um, Bielsa is a world class manager, um, and. This is the sad thing, really, but once you know we can get fans back in, imagine Ellen Road full after all that time. And I think that's the one thing that will drive them on to make sure they don't lose this opportunity. 16 years it's been since they've been in the Premier League, and you can see how much it means to that football club and the fans of that football club, how much it means to be back in the Premier League. So I just feel like they're not good. They just not let it slip. You know what I mean? To use, it, obviously, really... You know, that'll be a troubled phrase for Tom thinking about the Gerard days. Get, but, get, um, getting them in early, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking. But seriously, I think they, they, they've worked too hard and invested too much into it to let it just slip away and, and, and get relegated. So um, I think the recruitment's going in the right direction. Bielsa obviously has a, a certain type of player in mind that he wants, and I feel like he's getting the backing from the board. So, yeah, I, th- I feel like they've got all the ingredients to have a real good goal next season. And they deserved to come up, didn't they? They did. Um, what impressed me most is after finishing in the playoffs and then losing to Derby in the playoffs was that mentality to go again next season. And even when they had a little bit of a wobble, this time they overcame it. And, you know, in the end, they got promoted comfortably. So uh, good luck to them. And just to, just to quickly touch on something Tom said, you do feel like they're a fabric of the game. Um, traditionally, they were always up there challenging for leagues. Listen, nobody's got a divine right to be in the Premier League, but they've worked hard. And like I said, it's been a 16-year journey, so good luck to them, I say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, Kieran touched on um, Bielsa being backed. Um, what have you made of the transfer activity so far? It's been a bit of a um, mixed bag in terms of gone through a couple of a young young bunch, a couple um, you know, with not too much pedigree in terms of first-team football, and then They've also gone and broke a transfer record as well. So, um, you know, they're, they're doing things quite quite differently to most. Yeah, I mean, we have seen teams that have um, sort of at least thrown the cash around when coming up and some to, uh, some to a, 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 in a good, have had good success doing it and then some haven't. Um, I, I do like the look of Rodrigo, though. Um, if fair enough, it's 29 million, I think. It's, um, it's a fair old outlay. 26 million, it's a fair old outlay. Um, but he certainly certainly got the quality, I think, to at least get him a few goals. If he if he if he hits the ground running, they should have um, a good stream coming in of uh, of goals that you'd like that you'd like to think would at least help them on the way to um, to not just stay no, but if that really if he really hits the ground, you'd like to think they could maybe aim a bit higher than that. Um, defensively, uh, I think they're the best defensive record in the championship last season as well. So. Um, that's that's good. That's a good base to go from. I mean, I still think they could maybe had a bit more depth in there, though. If they they got that depth, I certainly think they should be fine for them for the uh, first season back. And Ben, um, 
again on on the transfer activity, uh, obviously missed out on um, on Ben White. Have brought in another centre half. Um, what have you made of of the activity? Then do you think they're going about it the, the right way? We've seen so many teams over the years throw money in the wrong places. I remember Fulham, you know, a couple of seasons ago, where they just seemed to sign everybody and not nobody worked. You, are you quite impressed at all by how Leeds are going about it? And do you like some of the players they've got brought in? Well, I'm impressed with the um, the Robin Koch signing. I can't admit to seeing much of him, but he's a German international. He's in the squad for this weekend's fixtures, so that doesn't seem like a bad signing for I think 13 million when they're getting quoted around 40 million for for Ben White. It'll seem could seem like a, a snip at the end of the season. Um, the outlet for Rodrigo, um, he only scored seven goals last season in La Liga. Now, obviously, he scored 15 the season before and and 19 the year previously. But uh, I think he's he's more than a goal scorer. He's, his link-up player is very good. He's a, a pacey player and he'll almost certainly be a, a better option than Patrick Bamford up front. Obviously, he's, he's not a bad player, Bamford, but he, he didn't miss quite a lot of chances last season for Leeds. And obviously, they've decided to invest in the under-23s. They've signed a, a winger from Arsenal, a keeper from Ajax and a, a full-back from Fulham. So they're definitely looking at, at players for the future and Bielsa has given a few youth players a chance the likes of uh, Jamie Shackleton uh, in midfield come through the academy um, so they're definitely going about the right way but I like Tom said I think they definitely need to to strengthen in places they, I think probably full back they look pretty weak I think Barry Douglas he's Premier League level is probably quite average and they should probably maybe be looking at Another left back was Alioski as well, who's a very good going forward, but he's a, a bit shaky at the back. Um, and also, maybe another central midfielder to battle with, uh, Klitsch and Pablo Hernandez. Hernandez was one of the best players in the Championship last season. He's got a lot of ability, but he's getting to his latter years now in his career. Um, and they could do someone in there, maybe uh, just to rotate as a starter in there. Um, Depends how much funds they've got though. They've spent what about forty million already. Um Bielsa has been well backed and if there's still money money there to be spent, I'm sure they'll by the time the Premier League uh, starts at a window shut still they'll have the depth there to see themselves through. And and Key, um obviously a lot of talk of was as well about um Phillips in, in the midfields. He's been um picked for for England as well, um, I'd imagine he, him staying is as big of a signing as any. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the talk was about Ben White leaving, wasn't it? Because obviously his loan spell w- was up, and they've replaced him obviously with uh, with Koch, like uh, Ben said, and and that will shore up the defense. But it's talking of the defense; it's the defensive job of what Calvin Phillips does in front of those two centre backs. Um, I think he deserves his call up, to be honest with you, Chris. Too long has it gone on that because they play in the championship, they shouldn't be picked for the England squad. Why not? He, he, he's ex- performed exceedingly well in the championship. He deserves his shot at the Premier League, 100%. So get him in the England squad. But for, having having seen him play and, and, and watched him um, when, when they've played at Wigan, just his communication with the two centre-backs, his positioning, he reads the game so well. Um, you know... I think the, the term protecting the back four gets thrown around an awful lot. Just as, you know, it's it's a lot harder 
than it sounds, if you know what I mean. You've got to have the vision, almost a counter vision. Do you know what I mean? We talk about attacking midfielders having vision of picking a pass. He's got vision, counter vision of stopping a pass before it happens, if you know what I mean. So um, I think he fully deserves his chance in the Premier League. He fully deserves his England call-up. And he'll be made up that he gets to do it with Leeds. Um, and who knows what he could go on and do, um, to be honest with you. I really, really like the look of Calvin Phillips. He's still no Ben Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> That's for that one in there, sorry. I could see you'd uh, unmuted yourself when I was thinking, what's he going to chirp in here, Ben? <laughs> uh, but, Predictable. Yeah, before we go on to some predictions, um, you've touched each of your songs touched on it um, equally are there more areas of concern that you think Leeds do need to, to strengthen I'll throw this out to anyone who, who wants to jump on on this I wouldn't say uh, areas sorry Ben I'll, I'll be very quick I promise I wouldn't say areas <laughs> of concern because I think the starting lineup will know Bielsa's what Bielsa wants and I think that'll be competitive I can't remember who it was who mentioned the depth of the team, but I agree with that because, and I think Ben mentioned about the youngsters coming through the likes of Shackleton. There was a lot of youngsters on the bench. I mean, they, they played really well when they were called upon, but I think they just need a little bit more depth. Um, but I think they'll be okay regardless. I think they might probably need another centre-back as well because they've got Cooper and Koch now. Berardi played there quite a bit in... Um in the championship but I don't think he's a Premier League quality player um, so he probably need another one there um, maybe some more depth in, in central midfield maybe a maybe a winger as well they've got Jack Harrison and and Helder Costa there unproven in um, in the Premier League um, I know they've got Stuart Dallas as well who can can play everywhere on the pitch but yeah maybe definitely think they need another centre back and he could probably improve on the wing and maybe in, in central midfield as well. I, I very much agree with Ben there, um, what he's saying about the depth and uh, defence, because um, if, if you lose your centre-back pairing or one of your centre-backs during the season, it can be um, quite catastrophic in some cases, especially if they're Leeds and it's their first season back, they, they won't want anything like that to happen. Um, I'd say they should, definitely should be after a centre-back that's at least got Premier League experience or one that's got a certain reputation that they can rely on. And finally then on Leeds United, uh, we'll get a, a prediction. I'll, I'll push you for a placing. Um, I'll come to you first, Tom. Um, I think, no, I think, I think they'll have a good go at it. I certainly think they'll be safe. I'll go for um, 13th. How about you, Ben? Uh, on current business, um, I'll go with... I'll go with 15th, but if they make a few more, a few more signings with um, Premier League calibre, then I'll can see him pushing, pushing for um, the upper lower half of the table. And finally, Kieran, I fancy him. You know, I'm going to go tenth. I'm going to go for a top half. That's bold. I like it. I, fancy, I got, just don't know. Just, just yeah. fancy him. I've got tenth as well. Ball. Yeah. I've got <laughs> tenth as well. To be fair, yeah, that's so. it. Starting great, great minds, mate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Matchday FM. How crucial has Bruno Fernandes been? Because it, it, they've almost been, it, it, I think it's fair to say they've just been unrecognisable since he's come in. I think he's 
certainly jumped into the Premier League halfway through a season has certainly shown he can swim in that particular <laughs> <in> that metaphor. <laughs> Rather <than> sink. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're we are still talking no, about football, aren't we? I oh, know, no, but no. I meant in the metaphor. The Olympics is next year, Tommy. Check out all of our podcasts so far on Anchor, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On to Leicester City then. Um, obviously, they're the sides who missed out on the top four after looking like they were going to make it for a, a long, long time. It was only the... It was really um, after Project Restart got going that they sort of fell off a bit of a cliff, didn't they? Um, come to Ben first on, on Leicester City. Um, obviously, I, I touched on, missed out on the Champions League after such a a good season for the majority of it. Is there a, a pressure to at worst replicate what they did last season or was ultimately last season a, a major over overachievement? Um, I think they did overachieve to um, to an extent. They obviously had a flying start to the season and that's why they were up there for so long. But they did have very talented players all across the board. They put a quite a bit of money into the likes of Tielemans and Ricardo Pereira. Um, but I think this season will be quite different because of the challenges they'll have balancing European football um, with Premier League and obviously domestic cups as well. Um, they'll need to add to the squad they've got to cope with all that. Um, but I, think, I personally think they, they may, may suffer a bit because of uh, the challenges that will come from from balancing the squad um, and the game time. But I think with what's the tragic things that have happened with the, the owner in the, in the last few years, I don't think the the current regime will put any, any pressure on Brendan to push for that Champions League place. I think they'll they'll probably want a good showing in Europe um, and to stick around that them European places in the league. I think that would be a, a good achievement for Leicester this season. And Tom, obviously, um, last season from Brendan Rodgers sort of set a benchmark to where Leicester could be. Um, obviously, maintaining that would be a great achievement. And is that ultimately the challenge for them this year, to try and sort of keep tabs on where they set themselves last year? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very much a, a, clean, a, a fresh start, isn't it, with this new season? So if they back, I think they back themselves to at least make a decent start. We we know the quality of that team now, what he's built, um, especially from last season. Um, again, like I said, could the European, uh, could the Europa League have an impact? Um, it could do, but if if they if they can sort of think back to how good they were last season and sort of use that as an inspiration a bit, if they, if they try to think, in fact, if if they try to think of themselves and maybe being in strict contention if it hadn't been stopped the season, they might have carried on. With that momentum and actually got into the top four, if they, if they, if I think it's all about their self belief. If they have that, they can definitely. I think they can definitely get maybe into the top six. I don't know. I don't know. It was it was quite a run that, but certainly top half for sure. Yeah, top half comfortably. And and Kate, the lads have have mentioned European football. Where do you think that sort of ranks in their priorities this season? Um, in terms of obviously try to get back into it next season in terms of a league placing, but, you know, it's well worth a, a go to have a, have a go at trying to win the Europa League, isn't it? For a side like Leicester, who do have quality in there, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because 
at the beginning of last season, if you'd have said you'd finish fifth, they'd have snapped your hand off for it, I think. But because of the way it unfolded, they were third for so long of the season, weren't they? Obviously, you mentioned after Project Restart, they just fell off the edge of a cliff, didn't they? Um, but to finish fifth and get European football, I think that's a, a solid effort. Um, I'd definitely, why not have a go at the, at the Europa League? Um, if you get a favourable draw, um, you can progress quite far. But I was saying the other night when I featured on episode one of these Premier League previews, it gets harder and harder as it goes on, to be fair, as well. So, yeah, yeah have be- a go. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I was going to say, to be fair, Wolves proved it very much last season. They can have two concurrent campaigns and go very yep. deep into the um, Europa League and also still keep them in contention of getting back into Europe as well. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. um, I agree with that. And I, I agree with, I also agree with what Ben said, where he said you've got to manage your squad well. But if look at what Nuno did with Wolves. He man, I don't think they had the biggest of squads. He, he only changed a handful of players every now and again. He never made wholesale changes to the team, whether they were playing in Europe or in the Premier League or whichever. So it can be done to compete on, on both fronts. I mean, have a go. They'll, they'll be thinking they can make top six if they invest the Chilwell money and whatnot. Um, but it's going to be, that top six is going to be so competitive this season. You know, you've got City and Liverpool who are probably going to be the top two again. United have invested in uh, Donny van der Beek. You've got Chelsea assembling a frightening squad if Lampard can get them to gel. Um, who knows what uh, Jose is going to do at Spurs. Arteta seems to be getting Arsenal moving in the right direction so it's going to be as chocker as ever so it's a bit bittersweet isn't it for Leicester really because they probably would would have accepted Europa League football last season but they were third for so long and they're probably looking back at this now going you know Christ look at all these squads that are being assembled maybe we missed our chance but yeah have a go at both go for top six go for Europa League have a bit of ambition I think Rodgers is a positive manager um, and I agree with what Ben said in, in terms of I think the board will back him um, so it's a, it's a bit of a free hit, I think, for Leicester. And since you mentioned him, I'm, I'm going to ask you about him. Chilwell, how big of a loss is that? Yeah, he's, he's a talent, isn't he? Um, people might disagree with me, but I think he's England's best left-back. Probably the number one left-back for me. Um, still got areas to improve, but going forward, he's a threat. He's got good delivery. Um but yeah, he's a, he's, it'll be a big loss. And again, I'm talking about the fine margins, but if they stayed in, if they got in the Champions League, sorry, maybe would have stayed and played Champions League football with Leicester. But like I said, Chelsea are assembling a, um, a very exciting squad and, and, you know, very tempted to be part of that under Frank Lampard. I mean, he could be providing surface for Timo, Timo Werner, you know, so um, Leicester have just got to make sure they reinvest that money wisely, is what I'd say. But yeah, he will be a big miss. But obviously, I think just before we came on, uh, they've uh, signed a replacement left-back. Um, his name escapes. Is it Castagna? Tom, you'll know he's a Belgian, apparently. Yeah, yeah t- Tim- Timothy Castagna from Atalanta. There we go. No, Come go, on, Tom. Go, go. Bloody um, hell. <laughs> I, I actually, I think it's, I actually haven't been told about Belgium. It was like, oh, so, many, so much going on. Um, yeah. Fair, fair play to Ben. He knows straight, straight on the uh, nail on the head. Well, I might as well come to Ben on, on that then. Do you think that signing is enough to cater for the loss of Chilwell or does that remain to be seen? No, I think it will cater for the loss of him. I mean, I've not watched much of Atalanta, um, but obviously he had a really good Champions League run. Um, so if he was there starting full-back, then he must be. Must be decent. I think he's got quite a few caps of Belgium as well. Um, but I think they've got 
what James Justin as well, who can play who played at left back quite a bit when Chilwell's injured. They've got Luke Thomas who played the last few games of the season who looked pretty good but obviously he needs a bit more experience and he might get that with the need to manage the squad because of the being in Europe and domestic cups and whatnot. Um so I don't think I think Castani will be the only left back signing to bring in. Whether he's better than Chilwell remains to be seen, but Chilwell's obviously one of the the best fullbacks in the league and fifty million I think obviously there's a a real lack of world class fullbacks. Um and Chilwell I think he's well on the way to to being to being one of them. And Tom, obviously, you know, losing a star left back, um, you know it did bring in, in the money. It's important as to where they reinvest that. Now where do you see the key areas for for Leicester to try and get some players into, like we've touched on, to a worst, maintain the success of last season? Um, I, I don't, I'm trying, if I'm being honest, I still think defence, as, as Ben said, they have, have gone about <laughs> replacing Chilwell. Um, I think cover at defence, definitely. You can't, with any Premier League team, definitely, if you have, if you have good um, options in depth and defence, that would help. I think you can still expect the same quality from Vardy. We all know he's capable of. You'd expect him to definitely chip in next season with the goals. Um, again, options up there would definitely be useful, especially the Europa League campaign as well. I think if they got another forward, they could do a bit of rotations there. And that would definitely help them. I think in those two areas, yeah, for sure. And finally then, lads, we'll get some predictions um, from yourselves. Um, we'll come back to you, Tom. Um, to, to kick us off again. Um, where do you see Leicester finishing this year? I'll go for a eighth. What about you, Ben? Um, I still think they need some additions at maybe centre-half and a, another winger, but I think they will finish maybe... I'll go ninth. So two predictions of missing out on... Europa League places there, Kieran. Do you, do you think they're going to go better or do you agree with Tom and Ben? No, it's going to be, be a clean sweep, mate, to be honest. I, I, I think they, they shouldn't limit their ambitions, like I said before, you know, try and go for top six again. But I'm going to agree with Tom and go eighth. I also agree with Tom in the sense I think centre-back could be strengthened. You, Apart from Soyuncu, they're all getting on a bit, aren't they? Evans is getting on a bit. Wes Morgan's the wrong side of 30. I mean, Ryan Bennett's a decent backup, but he, I don't think he's got the football inability that Rodgers likes from his centre-backs. So I think that's definitely an area. And legs in midfield as well. Um, I think legs in midfield for the Europa League campaign. But I'm going to go eighth. So even, even Sun Chu, as good as he is, I think he's a bit more inconsistent last season than what we've seen before. So yeah, for sure, definitely a centre-half. You're listening to Matchday FM. I did look at one stage, we'd maybe have four teams battling it out for uh, for Champions League place on the final day obviously Chester sorry yeah, Chelsea Chester <laughs> I know it's a quite season day uh, participation <laughs> in this in the Premier League <laughs> Chelsea <laughs> Leicester oh, Manchester United start again that's yeah. going in a sting I don't care <laughs> Banter, debate, and the odd good point too, right here on Matchday FM.
So now on to the small matter of the champions. And I think it was Kay who mentioned it earlier that a lot of the Match Day FM team are Liverpool fans. Uh, so we decided before this that we're restricted to just the one. Great season. Won it by a country mile. It's a massive challenge to, to go and defend a title. Some say it's harder to win the second one than it is the first one. Um, what do Liverpool have to do then this year to defend that Premier League title? Um, about that quote you used, I, I think Klopp, bit with his way with words, said a good one. He said, rather than defending the title, he wants to attack it again. And that, for me, just sums up the whole, what the mantra should be for us. Just go again. We did it when we lost out by a, a point. Did it again. So I expect us to just simply try and just sprint out of starting blocks and just see how it goes. I mean, a lot. I, I was really back in a lot. I remember a lot of our opening victories were narrow 2-1 margins. So I think we have to try and at least get a bit, try and start scoring a little bit more freely, believe it or not, than what we did at the start of last season. But yeah, I'd say very much attack it, attack it, attack. If we don't do that, then I can see we'll get, get into a little bit of difficulty because especially a lot of the teams around us are strengthening. So we have to very much go on the front foot and try to defend the title as it were. That's the thing, it's okay, that last point that Tom made. A lot of teams have strengthened. Um, obviously, at Liverpool, a lot of talk of um, Thiago Alcantara. Um, but how many, how many teams do we see who win the league, don't sign any players, and then are just not as good? Um, is that the danger for Liverpool if they don't bring a couple of new fresh faces in? It's a good question. It's a very good question. I think Liverpool and Klopp, like I mentioned about Bielsa and Leeds before, I think Klopp very much likes having a strong eleven who completely understand the way he likes to play and then he look after that eleven for the vital games. I mean, again, they, didn't, they don't really change that much throughout the Premier League campaign. For me, though, personally, from the outside looking in, I always feel like they need just a little bit more. Like I was always worried when... Dejan Lovren would have to play a game and that was the depth at centre-back. Yeah, so thing. was I. Yeah, so, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? So, you've got Gomez and Van Dijk and listen, Van Dijk can make anyone look better because he's a superb defender. And Gomez is good but injuries have, you know, stri- stricken his career so far. This is just one example of, of a position I can think of. Matip would come in and, you know, he's, he's actually improved but then Lovren was your, your next in line and I just think sometimes they need a little bit more depth, you know, Van Dijk hasn't been injured or hasn't had serious injury, should, should I say, since he signed. But what if it happens? It could happen. We've seen one when Laporte got injured for six months with City, how much of an impact that had. So um, I think Klopp will not be too forced. I think he just likes the couple of odd additions here and there. He's obviously brought in the Greek left-back from Olympiacos to back up Robertson. But for me, I do think they just need a little bit more depth in certain areas and a bit more fresh blood just to maybe give them that, that kick because I'm worried now that it's a funny one isn't it? because the shackles are off because they've, they've got rid of that hoodoo the 30 years of not winning a league now they can actually go and play and try and attack the league like Tom said with freedom now whether that is a good thing or a bad thing it remains to be seen obviously say for example the, the mid 90s Ben Man United had a habit of winning a couple of titles on the spin. I, you know, from the back back end of the nineties into the noughties, 
that did the same. Um, do you think it's harder now to to do that? Because there are, let's face it, three, four, even five teams who you could actually say, you know, if they went on a, on a run, they could challenge. Um, so do you think it is harder for Liverpool to go and defend the title, especially if they, if they don't have the, you know, room to improve in, in some ways? Throughout the 90s, they didn't really have a, a competitor who was spending money that they were. Obviously, Blackburn broke the, uh, the cycle for one year. Um, but nowadays, you've got have made quite a lot of money through sales and that's how they've you spend big money on the likes of, of Van Dyke. Um, but I think, obviously, with City, they've spent lots of money over the years. Chelsea have thrown money at it this year. I think it's going to be probably the most competitive yet. They finished 18 points ahead of Man City, I think. Um, and I think that gap will be a lot closer this year, not necessarily just from Man City, but, but other teams. And you've got to think as well, Klopp, he wants to win win the Champions League and the, the Premier League and I think them going out so early this year in the knockouts to Atletico that'll spur him on to want to win that again as well so it'll be interesting to see how they go about it obviously they they, they play the kids in in the Cups so when it comes to Champions League and Premier League you'll see pretty much the same team there's not a, that much rotation but like Keith said I would like to see him have it a bit more depth um, but I think there's every reason to be optimistic about another um, about re- trying to return the title this season Back to you now Tom um, I've got two things I, I want to ask you um, obviously the lads have mentioned um, you know that depth do you think maybe a centre forward for to challenge Firmino as an actual goal scorer because obviously Bobby Firmino's goal scoring stats as a as a number nine obviously he's a very different number nine to everybody else but do you think that is ultimately an area where statistically Liverpool could actually improve and get a, a goal scorer a proven goal scorer in that in that position? Um, you, when you look when you do look at the pure stats it does seem to support that with Firmino I know it's more of the helping out kind of number uh, centre-forward than um, absolute goal-scoring machine. Um, I, th- I think with Origi, we had that. Certainly, with, he could chime in with the old goal, which did help us out. We've got hopefully keep uh, keep Brewster in there as well because he's done well in pre-season. So those two especially would be options that I'd like to see coming in. It's certainly in other competitions, but if we are struggling in the Premier League and need a goal, I think I'd like to think one of them two could easily chip in and turn a game for us. But yeah, proven goal scorer. If you come to think of it, I would. I mean, if we did, if that was the case, I wouldn't say no like any other team. But uh, in terms of the attack, I in terms of priorities, I still think uh, depth in defence and midfield. I think are still more important, especially defence, because I was thinking we did get a lot of luck last season in terms of injuries. We didn't have any major injuries for to let's say Van Dijk or to the front, the traditional front three for a long period, like City, who of course having. Laporte out that cost them massively so um, yeah definitely depth for midfield and defence because I, I surely I think to myself I'll look Castor and out once with, with, with a big injury and you've teed that up nicely for the second question uh, Tiago, he's the man heavily linked um, do you like the idea of him coming in and do you think that does add something different to that midfield that he's going to you know 
sort of push them on even further? Yeah, because at first you thought it's what twenty nine. You think, oh, it's not really what Klopp likes to go for. Klopp likes to build his players up, improve them from let's say not the highest standing that they already were. But when you look into what he does, it is what we kind of need. Um, that that feel that kind of as people say runs the game. I mean, you saw it in the Champions League final. I set up the goal. That just that vision. That vision is something which you don't often see. I think if we had that, that would certainly help us um, to break down doors, as it, in a, a metaphorical sense. We saw that against Arsenal in the uh, charity or in the Community Shield. We were struggling to break them down, get very well organised, and just about got the equaliser. But I think with Thiago in there, I'd say we definitely would be creating a few more openings that would lead to. If goals, I mean, if, if not goals, then at least clear-cut goal-scoring chances, which we wouldn't have maybe got if we don't have someone like that. Ben mentioned about the the youngsters playing a lot in um, in the cup, so I'll actually come to you on this then, Ben. A um, lot of promising youngsters in that squad, is it? That you know, you look at um, Curtis Jones, Brewster, which Tom mentioned. Um, do you think that's there's an opportunity now for them to be? like the new signings in, in many ways to bolster that squad? Uh, yeah, they could be. I mean, I've seen links to Liverpool from, I think, Ismail Asar from Watford, which is probably where Curtis Jones is looking to get in that left wing kind of side as a as a backup to, to Mane. Um, but they've definitely got some, some talent. Obviously, you've got Nico Williams, Curtis Jones, and they've got Brewster as well, who's a different option to Firmino in the sense that he's a he's a, he's a goal scorer. Firmino obviously comes back, he's kind of like an attacking midfielder as Bruce is an, an out-and-out striker, but I'd be very surprised if Brewster's not at another Premier League club on lawn by the end of, of the window, because there's a lot of teams uh, he could strengthen um, if he goes in there. But I imagine that Johns and, and Williams will probably be in in and around the first team all season, whether they get the the opportunities in the in the league in Europe remains to be seen. But they'll definitely be playing uh, in the Carabao Cup, the FA Cup. But I would like to see Jones, especially, um, get some minutes in in the league because he looks he looks pretty promising. I think Harvey Elliott would also want to try and uh, certainly get himself more at the forefront of Klopp's plans as well. And, um, try and get a few minutes in the Premier League and like Ben said in the Cubs as well so there's there's players there that I think are on the verge of breaking through that if we could try and blood a few of those in this season along, alongside a sustained campaign and top level then I think that should benefit us but again like I said some proven quality I think would definitely be needed and and Kate obviously the the young players who were in the first team anyway look at like um, an Alexander-Arnold you mentioned Gomez as well Another season under the belt, another a, a title-winning season as well. You know they're going to go on to another level as as well, aren't they? Which is good, positive signs for England as well going into the Euros. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, actually, because I, I thought he was going to end the question and be like, "Yeah, and they're all British as well, Chris. They're all English." Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look at the rise of Alexander Arnold, man. The the age, the years, and the career that he's had already so far, and he's improving. You know, day to day, I think. Um, he, he, he's brilliant going forward superb going forward his crossing ability is fantastic he did get caught out on a few one-on-ones but that's all part of learning as a modern day fullback um, you're expected to do so much attacking but you've got to remember that 
high quality wingers coming at you as well. So he'll he'll get better. He'll get better. Um, I like the look of Curtis Jones, um, Harvey Elliott, who Tom mentioned. Um, and again, all good signs for England. Uh, Nico Williams is Welsh, though, right? Am I right in saying that? Um, we, we might try and steal him if he's not already played, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we already stole Declan Rice off Ireland. So, um, no, jokes aside, um, it's good to see that big clubs still have faith in youngsters, especially with the millions they get thrown around in the Premier League. It'd be so easy to just go abroad. Like when Liverpool needed a right back, they could have just gone and splashed big bucks on a right back. But no, Klopp said, I want this this lad from the academy to come in. And now he's one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? Alexander Arnold. Um, so I'm all for it. I mean, and I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I said I'd like to see a bit more depth. But if Klopp feels these players, these young players are good enough to add the depth to the first team squad. Um, and I know people don't read much into squad numbers anymore, but Curtis Jones has obviously gone down to number 17, which would suggest he's going to be in and around the squad more. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, keep going because the England squad, I mean, look at the, apart from a few additions like Dyer and stuff, but look at the young talent that's in that England squad. Well, Gareth Southgate's just bit, you know, you're looking at Ford and Grealish. Um, it's so exciting right now as an England fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd imagine that's a podcast we're going to have in the very near future as as well. So we'll get into the predictions then. Um, I'll come straight back to you, Kieran. Can Liverpool go back to back? Oh, man, that is such a tough question. Um, yes, Liverpool, yeah, I think they'll win the league again. I think they're going to go for it again. Do you think it'll be tighter? Yeah, because I think Chelsea can compete as well. If they if Lampard gets them to gel, some of the players he signed, they should be right up there. So I think um, not just tight between City and Liverpool, um, because obviously... City are going to, well, they've addressed one issue, which we'll probably discuss uh, very shortly with Ake. So I think that helps them out. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be a lot. I think, like I said before, that top four, top six is just going to be mega competitive this season. So Liverpool, not as tight as the previous season when City won it by a point, but it'll be tighter, definitely. What about you, Ben? Obviously, we, we've got one of the title challenges coming up um, so do you think um, Liverpool are the strongest going into into it at the minute and do you think they'll win it well I find myself agreeing completely with Key in the sense that I think Chelsea are going to be probably one of the, the stronger rivals but just on the base of what they did last season I think Liverpool will win the league and that's begrudgingly as well because I've got so many mates both from university and at home who are Liverpool fans in the absolutely rub it in the face when when they won the league. So when fans are back in the grounds and, and if they win the league again, it's going to be even more painful. Um, but I, yeah, I do think they'll they'll win it again, but a, a smaller points margin than the the eighteen it was this season. I mean, I don't think there's much point asking Tom the question. <laughs> we probably know his answer. It might just be easier to say. Do you think it'll be tighter? Uh, yeah, I think that David, I think David's two guys are a spot on with it. It'll definitely be much tighter. So I, I mean, with the way City did it the year before, I was in the they did it with both teams massing such high points totals. I think I don't think we'll be seeing those kind of points totals this season. But just with the way that the other team is strengthening, like Chelsea, I, I imagine Chelsea and even United as well. They're coming back strong. I imagine them two will take points off big teams and will amass good point scores themselves. Yeah, I'd I'd say I'd back us to win. I think we'll win it, but I I, I don't think it'll 
it'll be the margin of last time. Um, and City, I think City will go again. They always do. And Guardiola will certainly be, be drumming it into them as well. So, no, um, yeah, win, win it, but not by that much. So, just a quick one as well. You know what's crucial now for Liverpool is they've got that belief. They've got the belief, you know, that that they had that hanging over the head for so long, you know, the Gerrard slip, all those missed opportunities, missing out by a point to say, like, was it ever going to happen? Well, now it's happened. Um, you know, they've got the belief that they can go and do it again. It's going to be tough, but um, that is a massive thing. When you've got a squad of players who know and think they can win the league, then, you know, dangerous team. Yeah, Mentality like... monsters. <laughs> no, I agree with That's what they Okay, in the in the uh, the big moments, the experience definitely, I think, should should give us um, an edge. You're listening to Matchday FM. It was his number hoot. <laughs> we all laugh now. Was there any point when you were just like, please stop? I remember watching that match and I was thinking, when is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, just watching the end of this match and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Isner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who yeah, both of them. This is Matchday FM, home of sporting banter and debate. Going on then now to Manchester City, the side who did finish second, albeit by a bit of a distance last season. Um, the main talking point throughout throughout this, whenever they've cropped up in conversation throughout this podcast, has been the defence, hasn't it, with, with Manchester City. Um, come to you, Key, on this. You mentioned Ake. You mentioned Laporte in terms of his injury being big. Those two as a partnership, potentially. Do you think that is... Have they addressed the big issue there in bringing in Ake? Or not? They've gone away to addressing it. I don't think they've fully addressed it. He's a good centre-back. He fits the mould of what Pep wants. He's, uh, he's mobile, energetic, good on the ball, which is obviously crucial in a Pep team. Um, you know, playing alongside Laporte, like I said before, with Van Dijk, he has just has that impact on his partners. I think Laporte does the same thing in a City shirt. Um, got to keep him fit. I'd still like them to get another, just another, because the depth... Underneath those two isn't great. You know, uh, Stones has got mistaken him. Otamendi, for me, is just a headless chicken, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, he is. He just, some of the stuff he does, I just think, what is going on? Um, so, yeah, I think Ake and Laporte, yeah, strong starting two, but he still needs another, I think, Pep. Still needs another defender. And it's going to be interesting. And people will be like, it's modern day football, you're on a bit. But two left footed centre backs as well. What, what do we think about that? About the balance of the team? I know Pep really likes to have a balanced team, doesn't it? He'll play the way he wants. Um, so, yeah, I think they could do with another defender, if I'm honest with you, Chris. But I do like the look of the Ake signing. And, Ben, I suppose the, the big question mark about Ake is the fact that he's coming from a side that were relegated. From going to a bottom three to a title challenger, that, for anybody, that, that's a massive step up. It's a different culture. Yeah, Bournemouth like to play anyway, but... You know, going from a losing team into a team that's expected to win, that's going to be a massive challenge for, for the lad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But you see, in the last few years, both, I think Wijnaldum and Robertson both went from relegated teams to Liverpool, who they were, they were challenging uh, for the title. Um, so it, it, um, his mentality might be a bit different to the, the City squad that he's coming into, because obviously the born winners, they've... They've all won many trophies. Um, 
but I think he's got a lot of talent at Ake. Um, like he said, two left-footed centre-backs is, is, is pretty different. Um, if they ever choose to go to a back three, Kyle Walker can slot in at right centre-back maybe. That's one of the most athletic, quick back threes in, in the Premier League. Uh, but I assume they're going to be playing in a, in a back two with Laporte. That's it's definitely a talented um, pairing, but he's, he's also not the biggest as well. Um, what, but he does make up for that in his, his speed, his awareness. He can he likes to play it out from the back like like Pep likes his defenders to do and a lot of these modern-day coaches do. I think he is a good signing, but um, yeah, in the depth-wise, obviously Fernandinho played there quite a bit last season, but he's in his final few years. Don't rate Otamendi. Stones, he doesn't seem to get in the team nowadays. So, yeah, they could do a bit more strengthening, but I do think that Nathan Ake is a good signing for them. And Tom, obviously that's an area of the pitch City has spent a lot of money in um, in recent years. The the full-backs, you know, we've seen Mendy and Cancelo come in and he's never quite settled on one of them. Um, it, do you get the feeling he needs to find his right back four and stick with it? Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you could argue that with um, when Laporte was fit, they did have quite a good rhythm in there. As soon as that got disrupted, he was... So chopping and changing, forever trying to find the right system, and it cost them. It cost them a lot. Um, with Ake, uh, it's yeah, I, I agree, it's a good signing. But if anything, it, ironically, it seems quite um, Klopp-esque in a way to go for someone that isn't already established as the very top and try and back this guy into, into mould him into a player that they want to be there. I, I, I when I saw the gap that was appearing in the Hollywood Philly, I would have thought they would have gone the typical city route and gone big money on someone already very well established, like maybe a Koulibaly, someone like that, at the very top of the game. Um, but no, it's a, it's a gamble. If it, if it does pay off, and we all know Pep has the ability to make it pay off, um, they should be back challenging again. Um, full back, oh, don't know yet. I mean, Mendy's one of those, we've seen the flashes, but he's very unreliable at times as well. And, John Stones actually it'd be nice. It'd be interesting to see how John Stones approaches this season as well. If he Pep puts a bit more faith in him and tries again, he he could finally get to that potential we've all seen we've all seen flashes of. Um, but I just hope his confidence isn't too damaged with John Stones. I've been just picking Fernandinho and Otamendi ahead of him as well. That I don't know if he'd have taken that well, but he's a professional and I'm sure he'll back himself to get back into the team at least anyway. And obviously, City. Down the other end, wealth of, of riches, don't they? Um, even with David Silva um, moving on, made a couple of signings as as well. Um, De Bruyne last season, for me, best player in the league. Um, Foden looks one of the, the real talents, Dunty Key as well. Um, obviously, they, they brought in a winger to to add competition to Mares, Bernardo Silva, etc. Do, do you think that is the one area where actually there's not much room for improvement? You know, in that sort of like attacking situation from De Bruyne forwards? Yeah, absolutely. They're really strong, aren't they? I mean, look at the transformation of Sterling over the, the past few years. Well, I say transformation. He's always been a good player, but just turning him into a ruthless attacking, you know, wide forward or inside forward as as it's referred to these days. Uh, Pep's just, and obviously I think Arteta t- has taken a lot of credit for, you know, the work that he's done with Sterling. 
you look at the other players you've got up there, Aguero, uh, Jesus, Mares, Bernardo, Silva, De Bruyne in behind all that. I mean, I agree with you, Chris. I, I was happy that Jordan Henderson won the Player of the Year award. I think he deserved it for his, his impact. Um, and it's subjective, I get that. But if you're going off the best player in the league, Kevin De Bruyne is the number one, isn't it? I'm not taking anything away from Henderson, by the way. It's just however you look at the game. And I think Foden is, is ready, me. I think he, he should... Now is the time to just... He's been learning off David Silver in the background. He's clearly got the talent. He's not going to improve or develop if he doesn't play games. So he's got to go in there um, and, and, and fill that void for me. Um, and I think Pep will do it. Pep really likes him. Uh, and it begs the question, Chris, doesn't it, about the attacking, you know, all the messy talk. We're going we're gonna to have to bring it up, aren't we? Obviously, his relationship with Pep. And, very true, very uh, true. It looks like City, if there's one team that could sign him, it will be City. But I said to my dad the other day, um, just having this conversation casually, I said, listen, is it worth spending all that money? Listen, he's a fantastic player. Do not get me wrong. He's unbelievable. But is it worth investing all that money? into a 33-year-old when you can use so much of that money to strengthen the areas you need to. And you'll still be competitive. You'll still score the goals that you need to. But you'll stop conceding goals, which was the massive problem for them last year. We answered the the question as to whether they can win the league when we did the Liverpool prediction since everybody predicted a Liverpool title win. Um, So the question is then, where, where will City finish? Will they actually get second place? Because a lot of you have talked up Chelsea. Um, I'll come to you, Key. Where do you reckon City will finish? Yeah, ooh, um, yeah, I do fancy Chelsea, but I think City will go second. I think City will get second, but I think he's going to have a right good go at the Champions League. I know we say that every year, but I feel like it's just, he's getting to the point now where it's like the one that's getting away from him. And I think, He'd sacrifice finishing second to finish third or fourth to win the Champions League. I genuinely believe that's the stage that he's at, especially after last season, just winning the League Cup. I mean, it, it, that season is a failure. Money that he spent. Not saying Pep's a failure. Do you know, I don't want anyone to mix my words because he's a superb manager. Probably one of, if not arguably the best ever. In my opinion, he's not the best ever, but he's one of definitely. But some people will argue that he is. Um, so yeah, they need a better season. But I think he, he'd, he'd happily sacrifice finishing second or third to go and get that Champions League. Um, the league is out of reach as well. It's all about timing, isn't it, throughout the season. But second, after all that waffle. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh, no, I'll go second as well. I think it would take something really... I think that the Chelsea project would really have to come together in a, a really quickly and a really fab, fabulous way for them to oops, upsurp. City into second, so no, I and I, I think City. Yeah, I can't, I can't say much about that. They've already got much of the squad there to challenge against, and a few tweaks and improvements, and yeah, should be in the top two. And what about you, Ben? Do you agree with all that? Uh, I don't think they're going to win the league. I think it'll personally be a battle between Liverpool and Chelsea because I think Chelsea's signings and the the ones they could be getting. A, very good. Um, I'm going to say oh, third for third for Man City, but I think that the Champions League, if they were going to win it, it would have been this year. But obviously, they've disappointed a lot against Leon. Um, but yeah, I think third place um, with Chelsea being the main challengers to Liverpool. Well, there you have it. Predictions for Leeds, Leicester, Liverpool, and Manchester City. We've discussed the main talking points for all four of them 
ahead of the new Premier League season, which is only just over a week away as we're recording this. You might be only listening hours ahead of the kickoff. I don't know. Maybe you've binged them all in one go. But we'll be back again on the Match Day FM podcast with the next episodes, which will be looking at Manchester United, Newcastle United, Sheffield United and Southampton. Um, three Uniteds and, uh, and Southampton in that one. So my thanks to Kieran, Tom and Ben. I've been Chris Stott and this has been the Match Day FM podcast. You're listening to the Match Day FM podcast. <laughs>